So in our group chat earlier today, um, I shared a meme with you guys. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is a uh, an ex post, uh, but this guy Robbie Litchfield posted, "I'm one small inconvenience away from using cryptic cryptic emo lyrics as my captions again." And as most of us being elder emos or elder millennials. Same difference. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and then others being just straight up millennials. Um, I felt very attached to that post. So that got me thinking about our question for the week. So if you guys follow us on social media, you'll know that our profile picture, it's the four of us and BB-8. And we're in uh, Union Station Park. Is it a park? Sure. Um, and we're sitting on the bench with Abe Lincoln. So, my question for you guys tonight is not really more of a question. It's more so just a uh, project. Um, give that profile picture an emo caption. So, <laughs> I'm going to go first this week. I'm Actually, I'm kind of proud of mine. So, I said, instead of dreaming of our future, I'm begging Honest Abe to emancipate me from this nightmare. Tabitha. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So all I could think about was my chemical romance as usual. Um, And I was trying to rewrite the opening to Black Parade to be about Lincoln but then it was that line where it's like when you grow up would you be the savior of the broken the beaten and the damned lincoln did that so it fits there we go lydia i all i could think of looking at this picture it's not even lyrics it's just a song title is just that the kids aren't all right (laughs) (laughs) and matt so side note now i want cryptid emo lyrics i'm picturing (laughs) songs that bigfoot would write alone in the woods and i'm just i'm having the best time in my head (laughs) so there's that anyway um i'm gonna go with um kind of some irony blink 182 um no one should take themselves so seriously which obviously we don't but you know (laughs) i love it i love it we just appreciate that we now have a new side project to work on yes yeah my chemical podcast no I feel like that's probably a thing somewhere. Yeah, probably. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. We've got a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, A couple of local things to bring up. Uh, First off, um, so Jim, who is the owner of Comic Service, it's a comic book store here in Springfield, um, he passed away yesterday. Um, His daughter posted to the uh, Comic Service Facebook page, says, Hello, my name is Claire. I am Jim's daughter. 
I'm sure most of you know by now, but my dad passed away yesterday morning. Uh, this was all very sudden for us. My mom, brother, and I are currently dealing with the situation at hand. Um, at this time, we are asking for privacy, time, and space. Uh, comic service will be closed for the time being, but we are exploring options for limited hours and or availability by appointment only. I apologize for any inconvenience this may bring you. Um, comic service was never my go-to comic shop. Um, it was definitely one that I would still, you know, more than a few times a year would still pop in. Um, I just couldn't handle three pull lists. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every time that I did go in there, I mean, you know, like he was always a wealth of knowledge. He was always, you know, very nice, you know, very, you know, accommodating, um, it's it's always sad. It's a local business. Um, you know, he did he did well by his customers. Um, always, always, always willing to tell a story and chit chat. Absolutely. Um, really, honestly, was a genuinely like got the impression genuinely nice guy. Um, and the one thing that never ceased to amaze me the the few times that I did go in there, you could ask where something was, and he knew exactly where it was and roughly how many issues back in the stack it would be too that mm -hmm. was unbelievable yeah and one other thing about him too like it was obvious i mean obviously if you're owning a comic book shop you are going to like comics in some way shape or form but the way that he would talk about comics the way that he would you know like you know it was clear that this wasn't just a business for him. You could you could tell that he still had a love for, you know, the the, the genre. The genre, yeah. the medium, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I just want to say something. You can cut this out if you want to, but I hate that as a society we have to apologize for an inconvenience when someone has died. Yeah. Like <laughs> This is more than just a comic book store. This is somebody's life and family and all that. And hey, I'm sorry, uh, where you might be inconvenienced because you know he passed away and he's not here to work to work for you now. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying, and I would really hope that nobody would be inconvenienced by that. You know. We would hope. But. Yeah. But. Um, speaking of local stuff. So last week we talked about uh, Game Over Sis. It's a video game uh, themed drag show at Dumb Records. So since then, they announced a date change. So just for your uh, information, the show will now take place on February 24th. Uh, I'm still very interested in this. I'm, I'm, I'm still very much here for this and on that note let's go into the pull list what's on our pull list this week we've got two books to talk about uh the first one is the nasty number six six, six. Yep. it is six <laughs> did you read six i don't know <laughs> Well, let me read this description, and we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, The Nasty is out now from Vault, written by John Lees, with art by Adam Cahoon. 
Uh, so Thumper and his friends only have a few more days to get their movie finished. Uh, but they also have to deal with Cynthia Crudgill and her anti-horror campaign and the fact that Red Ennis is going rogue. Um, this book... Like, we, we've talked about, I think, all the issues, and it's been one of our favorites. Um, I feel like the the previous five issues have been kind of a love letter to the horror genre, but not really necessarily a horror comic, if, if you know what I mean. This issue felt like a horror comic, um, especially with... The things that Red Ennis is starting to do. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I have my theories. I have, um, you know, I, I have my prediction for why he's doing some of the things he's doing. And I really hope that I'm right. Uh, but that said, like, we can tell, like, I don't, I don't know if this is one of those books that has, like, you know, a planned ending or if it's, you know, going to be an ongoing, but like, Man, if we only have like a few issues of this left, I'm gonna be very sad. But at the same time, like I am, I'm very excited to see where this ends up. Um, Tabitha, did you read this? This is indeed the one I read. Um, <laughs> freaked myself out there for a second. Um, I really enjoy this. I think you're right. Like the first five issues of this have not felt spooky. They've just felt interesting and kind of like we're waiting on something to come and now I feel like that is finally happening and I'm very excited to see what happens I'm also interested maybe after the show to see what your theory is to see if we have the same theory about where this is going um I have a lot of fun with this the only kind of gripe that I have is my tiny puny human brain does not do well with the jumps from page to page where it's like oh we're here and then I'm like wait why are we back in this grocery store how did we get here am I dreaming are we filming is this the movie what's going on and it a little bit of a brain teaser for me on a, on occasion but other than that I am really enjoying this and I need to see how this ends up Matt what'd you think um I continue to really enjoy this um this definitely like you said has has kind of amped up the the horror feels um in this issue um i get i guess my biggest thing is that like yeah these first five issues have been leading up to something and we're finally getting that like that what it is we've been leading up to like that was this issue kind of seeing how things are going to explode or unravel if you will um the only gripe I had with this one is that a lot of the other one, a lot of the first five issues have been very good about balancing the art versus the, um, the words. Um, and this one seemed a little heavy on the text. Um, it was a little bit of extra explanation, which I felt could have been done with some of the art. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the trade paperback. Like I want to reread all of these just in sequence, like from front to back and ready to see how this keeps going. I'm really sad. I didn't get caught up. I got almost through four cause I was trying so hard to get to this one. And I didn't make it. I was literally falling asleep last night trying to read it. And I'm like, well, that didn't work <laughs> so much for that. It's well worth catching up. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not as you're falling asleep though. Cause I feel like that might give you some odd dreams. 
Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I don't even need a horror movie or book or anything like that to have weird dreams, so it, it's fine. Yeah, same. Um, so our next book is Brobots. <laughs> the Complete Collection. Uh, it's out now from Oni Press, written by Jay Torres with art by Sean Dove. Jokey, uh, Koro, and Panchi are more than bros. They're more than robots. They're brobots. And when things go down in bro town, uh, they're there to save the day in their own special way. Um, Tabitha <laughs> is giving me all the looks. Um, we, full disclosure, uh, we have all um, recognized that we are too old for this book. Um, but Tabitha, let's start with you. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I will murder you. <laughs> you know how I really don't like Spider-Man because he's a stupid teenage boy. Uh-huh. I don't like stupid teenage boys in robot form any better. <laughs> Especially not brobot form. If I had to read the word bro one more time in the 20 pages of this that I managed to get through, I was going to gouge my eyes out with rusty grapefruit spoons. Like, it was it was awful. The art, if I was an 11-year-old boy, I would have been like, man, this is so cool, bruh. But I am not an 11-year-old boy, so this was not so cool, bruh. I felt like... This was one of those things where, as a kid, I would have been on the robot side. But as an adult, I'm like, look at all the chaos that you've created. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to clean up this mess? For literally no reason. And who's going to clean up this mess? For a book about robots who call themselves robots, um, it's very, it's obvious. I mean, this book is not going to take itself seriously. And I, even though there, yes, there were times when I wanted to strangle them. Like there is that one where what they ate um, a wizard's house or something like that. But then treating the wizard as the bad guy, like, bro, (laughs) (laughs) you ate somebody's house. What what do you expect? Um, So you're the bad guy here. (laughs) So like, but one of the things I did really enjoy with this um, with this book, with all three of the stories, they also managed to incorporate like other um, like classic fairy tales. Um, like I think well, obviously Hansel and Gretel with that one. Um, I'm blanking on the others. But, Jack and um, Jill was the first one. What's that? Or not uh, Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought I thought that was really cool um, to have that kind of connective tissue. Um. <laughs> They're robots; they don't have tissue. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this was this was silly. This was fun. Um, if you're listening to this and you're 12 years old, uh, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, if you have like a 10, 11 year old or whatever in your life. That that kid will probably love this book, so there's that. Um, Lydia, what'd you think? So uh, obviously, we are not the ta- target demographic for this book. However, I feel like my nine, almost ten year old nephew would adore this, so maybe I need to give it to him. 
Uh, I'm with Tabitha though. I only made it about 20 pages in and went, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I didn't even make it far enough to realize that there was like fairy tale references to this because I just couldn't do it. But it's cute. I feel like this is a scenario of like you walk into your kids watching TV and it's like, what in the hell are you watching right now? And then you remember that your parents used to like do the same thing with the stuff that you watched and then you feel old. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> Matt, what'd you think, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't have the loathing for this that other people did. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, it was not my favorite. I did appreciate the dad jokes, if you will, that were Definitely. included. Um, Bro jokes. Brokes, if you will. <laughs> he he went for broke. <laughs> How many shaves are being given out for this like segment alone? Well, right now we're up to four. <laughs> anyway, as you were saying, bro. Uh, five. Uh, um, the dad jokes were, I, I enjoyed those. Those were well-placed. Um, I don't know this obviously. Yes. We're not the target demographic. The art was fine. Um, it, it fit with the vibe that they were going for. My nine and 12 year old would have the best time with this. Um, so yeah, I, I think yeah, it for them, it's going to be great. They'll tear through this, but you know, as an adult, mm, just share it with those younger. All right, guys. Let's go to Trailer Takedown. Let's get ready for Trailer Takedown. And we have four movies to talk about tonight. Um, admittedly, a couple of these, um, the trailers are older than we than we try to do with uh with trailer takedown we try to be a little bit more timely but there were still things that we have not talked about and so i was like eh, yolo yo bro i did that just because you were you were aiming for the bell i have just been sitting here waiting on you to say some dumb shit so <laughs> i've just left the shame well, list open at this point you're gonna keep on waiting no because you're going to say some dumb shit in like 30 seconds. <laughs> what? I was just going to talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the first matchup tonight um, is If versus Spaceman. Um, if is, is, it stars Ryan Reynolds. And surprisingly, so like at the very beginning of the trailer, I was like, okay, cool. He's going to be playing Ryan Reynolds again. Um, <laughs> as the trailer went on, though, like, this was the least Ryan Reynolds that I've seen him play. In a while. Yeah. 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 Um, it's definitely still there, but, um, but yeah, like, it, it's, it, there's another layer to him this time. Um, it also, like, this features a bunch of, um, creatures called ifs, which is short for imaginary friends, um, this I I don't know this. This movie looks like it's either going to be really good or the best parts of the movie were in the trailers and the rest is going to be not so great. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards the former though. 
Uh, that goes up against Spaceman, which was uh, it's a new Adam Sandler movie coming out to Netflix. Um, this seems to be one of the more serious Adam Sandler movies, uh, which don't normally do it for me. I know that people have been really um, people seem to think that he does a really good job of acting in serious movies and i'm not i'm not denying that i just feel like those movies tend to not be for me also his co-star is a giant talking spider and y'all know i don't like spiders so (laughs) i'm not here for it um i'm giving if eight points and two to spaceman um tabitha um, as far as if I, I, Matt, I'm so sorry. You're right. Um, Matt, I'm so sorry. Um, I feel like Ryan Reynolds is like stepping into his daddy era. Like he's making movies for his kids. I think. Oh, not his daddy era. I mean, both. Did you see that salt and pepper? <laughs> <laughs> you take daddy and you make it mean what you want it to mean. But Ryan Reynolds is in his daddy era. Um, <laughs> Um, as far as Spaceman, uh, this just straight up looks depressing. Um, I have no beef with Adam Sandler in a serious role. I also think that spider looks cuddly as hell. So, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably more likely to watch the Adam Sandler one than I am the Ryan Reynolds one, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, so I'm going to give Spaceman 8. And if two, Matt. Um, apart from Ryan Reynolds and just being who he is, um, I think my favorite part of the if trailer is the realization that imaginary friends are called ifs. Like that to me is. Like, it's a genius, brilliant abbreviation. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, this movie is going to try too hard to do too many things. And in doing so, like Jack in the Box, it's not going to do all any of them well. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I struggle with that. Um... Spaceman, I have no, like Tabitha said, I have no beef with Adam Sandler playing serious roles. Um, It's still weird to see him not being Billy Madison and being an adult and doing serious roles and not seeing imaginary penguins. Um, But at the same time, yeah, this does look like it could be pretty depressing. I am going to have to go down the middle on this one, five and five, because I just, I, I really honestly don't know which one I would sit through first. Lydia. So, yeah, I agree with you on the abbreviation. It That's genius, and I love that. Uh, this is going to be probably mean, but my favorite part of this trailer was the little girl fainting at the side of the little marionette-looking girl, because <laughs> that realistic reaction, okay? <laughs> Um, but this looks cute. I am <laughs> with you. I'm curious if it's going to actually be good or if we just saw all of the good parts. I do feel like this is one that I could sit down with 
the kids and watch, so that gives it a plus. Um, Spaceman, I honestly don't think I've ever seen Adam Sandler in a serious role before. Like, I don't think I've ever seen one of his serious movies. So that kind of caught me off guard. And I was intrigued and interested. And then there was a spider. And then I just got uncomfy the rest of the time. I still kind of want to see it. But I hate spiders. And it was creeping me out. So I'm going to give it three. And I'm going to give if seven. I was really worried you were going to go five and five. And that we would have tied. But with a score of 22 to 18... If moves on, uh, it's going to meet the winner of Abigail versus the First Omen. Um, let's just go backwards. Lydia, we'll start with you this time. So as I told you guys after we watched it, Facebook has been shoving this trailer for Abigail down my throat like all week. And I've just been scrolling past it because I didn't really care. I didn't know what it was about. So actually sitting and watching it now. I'm kind of sad that I scrolled by it because I really kind of want to see this movie. <laughs> I, the little like twist of, oh, hey, you know, this little girl's in trouble. Oh, hey, by the way, you guys are all in trouble. Psych! Um, f- first Omen, I don't know what we watched. I know everything went in reverse. I know it made me very uncomfortable. And I highly doubt that I'm going to watch that. So I'm just going to give Abigail all 10 of my points. Matt, um, I don't have anything against the Omen movies. Um, any of the series that I've seen, they're not my favorite horror movies. Um, but this trailer does very little to give us what this is about, apart from the first Omen, which is, I guess, the time that this demon makes its entrance into the world. Um, I don't know. Show me some scary shit in the trailer, and I and I might be more inclined to watch this one. Again, this is the first trailer. We'll probably get more later on. Um, Abigail, this trailer started, and I'm like, are we doing just like a take-in Liam Neeson remix here? Like, what's what's going on? And then you got the twist, and I'm here for it. Like, this is not what I expected. Um I always do love a good vampire story, so I'm going to go nine points for Abigail and one for the first Omen. I love the Omen movie franchise. Um, However, this trailer didn't really do anything for me. The whole backwards, like... it, that's overdone like that as a trailer trope as a movie trope is very overdone like honestly if they had played this in the correct order and just let everything play out with like maybe a little spookier soundtrack like it would have been way more unsettling I think than it was um, as far as Abigail this looks fantastic it's that little girl is giving me you're all going to die down here vibes from Resident <laughs> Evil <laughs> I love it. Uh, this looks amazing. It has the added bonus of my boyfriend, Dan Stevens. I've, yes. So I'm going to give eight points to Abigail and two points to First Omen. So this is maybe how dumb I am. Um, I didn't even realize that everything in the First Omen was backwards. Um, I was... <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you are pretty backwards, so that makes sense. <coughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, I I spent the whole trailer for the first Omen just like confused as to what what is going on. I have I I, I don't know what this is. Um, Abigail, I like I like the idea of this little child ballerina also being a vampire. Um, there were definitely some moments in the movie where, like, maybe caught me off guard, uh, scared me a little bit, made me laugh. Um, at the end of the day, though, like, I'm not 100% for sure that I'm going to watch either one of these movies. Uh, that said, based off of the trailer alone, uh, Abigail gets all of my points and the first omen gets Nomen. Uh, <laughs> So with a score of 27 to 3, Abigail moves on. So the finals, we have If versus Abigail. Um, do you guys have points? I mean, you give us 10 of them. What we do with them, I don't know. <laughs> Accurate. And so, Matt, since you're being Mr. Smarty Pants over there, let's start with you. Um. I just thought we were going, whose line is it anyway? No uh, points in my head. Points <laughs> I, I'm just going to give Abigail all 10 points. Um, because as far as trailers go and which one I'm more likely to watch, that just wins hands down. Um, I gave If 7 points and <laughs> Abigail 3. Um, Tabitha. I am way more likely to watch Abigail than I am if by a large margin. So I'm going to give Abigail nine and give one to Ryan Gosling's Reynolds. Sorry, I was thinking about Ryan Gosling. Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is a uh, <laughs> salt and pepper hair. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, not going to lie, I'll probably end up watching both of these at some point. I want to see Abigail more than I want to see If, but I feel like I'm going to see If sooner than Abigail because, you know, children. So I'm going to give six to Abigail and four to If. With a score of 28 to 12, um, Abigail bites If in the neck and wins this week's trailer takedown. (laughs) So... Uh, let's go ahead and go to gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And our first story for gut reaction is we're going to stick with movies for a minute. So a teaser trailer for a uh, biopic on Richard Simmons was recently released, uh, but the former fitness guru is not happy about it. Um, Richard Simmons typically like keeps to himself these days, um, stays out of the public eye. But he posted to his official Facebook page and said uh, that I have never given my permission for this movie, so don't believe everything you read. I no longer have a manager, and I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you for all your love and support. Uh, Pauly Shore, who is playing Richard Simmons in this movie, uh, spoke to TMZ and said that he is not coming from a vindictive place, and he vows to do Richard justice in his portrayal. Uh, giving this movie a thumbs down. Um, I am sure that the Richard Simmons story um, 
is one that could be told very well, uh, but especially with the fact that he is still with us, um, would have been better, in my opinion, if he had at least given his blessing, if not, you know, actually been a part of this movie. Um, and just with Pauly Shore, like, I just, I, I have a really bad feeling that, you know, it's it's going to border onto the, you know, like, way too comedic side. Uh, I'm not here for this. Tabitha. Yeah, with knowing Richard Simmons' feelings about this, like, I'm just not very comfortable with it in general. When you have someone who is actively living and you're trying to make a biopic of them and you don't have their blessing, that just kind of grosses me out. So, thumbs down. Matt. Yeah, I'm going to go along with you guys that if you're going to do this and the subject is still alive, then yes, you should have their cooperation, their blessing, any number of other adjectives. Um, I am also with you, Mitch, on the fear that as Pauly Shore playing Richard Simmons, that you're going to border on that absurd comedic that Pauly Shore does. Um, Pauly Shore has not aged like, as we talked about, um, Adam Sandler and moved on to serious roles um, and proven that he can play those parts. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go thumbs down. Yeah. Before we get to you, Lydia, um, two points. Um, one, Pauly Shore does look the part, the part though. I he will, does. I will I give will him g- that. Yes. Um, and then also... When you said how Pauly Shore is aged, I thought you were about to say that like we're in Pauly Shore's daddy area, and <laughs> we are I, not. I, I'm sorry, Pauly Shore has aged like not so great cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> the day Matt says someone's daddy era, I will literally just pass away because he hates it so hard. <laughs> I refuse to use that phrase. I'm with you, <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, thumbs down to this. It, it it almost feels I hate to say it this way, but it almost feels offensive to him. Mm-hmm. Like if if he is so against this, it should not be happening. And like just the one little line that you got from Polly Shore just felt wrong. Like it, it don't, I don't think this should be happening. Thumbs down. Tabitha, let's talk about Wednesday. Like the day of the week, or yeah, I was the... like, Mitch, it's Thursday. <laughs> Explains why none of us are wearing pink. There, I was. Oh my god! I just really don't like you today. Um, just today, <laughs> bro. Oh my god! <laughs> that was two bells, Lydia. Um, for, for, for who? <laughs> for Mitch and his existence. Okay. Uh. Wait, so do I get one and my existence gets one? Yes. It is now. Yes. Mitch gets one. The fact that Mitch exists gets another one. So so sorry. Not really. Anyway, we're getting a new season of Net or Wednesday on Netflix. It's going to return for season two, and evidently it's going to look a little different. It's going to be a little more cinematic in nature. All of our favorite characters and all of our favorite actors are coming back. It's going to pick up exactly where it left off with the students returning to Nevermore, the Academy, where Wednesday goes. And 
We're going to see if Wednesday ends up going to visit Enid during their impromptu break. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show. Enid is Wednesday's perky, intrepid werewolf roommate. Um, She's a werewolf? No. Yeah. I have not seen the first season. Oh, me, oh me it's so good. Um, they're getting away from the whole... There was like a moment in the first season where there was kind of like a romantic interest for Wednesday. They're leaving that behind. Thank God, because it was cringy. It was giving ABC family. Um, so we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of the sentimentality a little bit of this season. And we're going a little darker. And I am so excited to see where this goes. Uh, we binged this show in literally two days. Uh, Wednesday is the single most relatable character for me that I have ever encountered in my entire life. Like every single thing that fell out of her mouth, I was like, yes, 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 correct accurate that's me um i just this is a wonderful iteration of this character and i'm so excited to see where it goes giant thumbs up matt oh my little storm cloud (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) my other favorite was uh death trap yeah (laughs) um i'm not gonna lie this first season it was not something that i thought that we needed and then, yeah, we binged the entire season in two days, and it was wonderful, even though it was kind of like a whodunit type of mystery feel to the first season. Um, the fact that they're going to lean a little bit more towards the horror for season two, here for it, love it, wonderful, fantastic, let's go, thumbs up. Lydia. I have not watched the first season. All I know about the show is that apparently she does this weird little dance that's all over Facebook and TikTok and the internet in general. <laughs> um, but you guys are happy, so I'm happy. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. This show has fallen into my um, giant hole of shows mm. and movies. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to know that you almost had red wine all over the floor, <laughs> the wall. Not Seth. <laughs> that was almost very bad. Um, but yeah, this this show has like just joined the list of all. <laughs> that was a better choice. Way better phrasing. I'm leaving that in, by the way. Um, uh, join the list of all the movies and shows. I'm like, hey, this looks cool. I want to watch it. And then do I ever? No. Um, but that said... I'm still here for it, and I hope that this show has a lot of success, so thumbs up. Penguin Random House is releasing an officially licensed cocktail book later this year based on Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Punchins and Flagons will come out on August 27th, and it'll feature 75 different recipes for cocktails, mocktails, and bar bites, uh, with names like Necromancer, Candlekeep Tea, and Baldurian Tonic. Uh, the 192-page hardcover will retail for $29.99. Um, I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. I know very little bit about it. Um, that said, this is brilliant. I love this. Um, the price point, a little bit steeper than I would like to pay, but still very manageable. It would, It's still like, if, if I was a big fan of Dungeons & Dragons, would happily pay that. Um, this, yeah, I, I love when um, when they put out stuff like this. Um, 
but yeah, totally here for it. And maybe this will help jumpstart Comic Sans drinks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So thumbs up, Tabitha. This is $30 well spent. I need this immediately. Thumbs up. Matt. Uh, yeah, we're going to Barnes & Noble and pre-ordering this this weekend for sure. Um, this is brilliant. It's fantastic. The only downside may be the requirement of um, Matthew Lillard's uh, D&D-themed uh, bourbon to go in some of these drinks, um, but which is $150 a bottle, by the way, and sold out. Anyway, um, but regardless, this is brilliant, fantastic, love it, huge thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, so I feel like this is definitely going to go on the shelf next to my Binging with Babish and my Hannibal cookbook that I already have. So, yeah, thumbs up. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about a children's book written by Barbara Rico. Am I pronouncing that right? I believe so. So, Barbara, uh, back in 1972, wrote a really cute children's book. And it's just been living in the family archives. The whole family's always known about it. Um, it was just line by line. There was never any illustrations. It was just the story outline, basically. Um, for Christmas this year, her grandson had it published for her. Aww. Had it illustrated and put into form. And the video of him giving it to her for Christmas is one of the single most wholesome things I've ever seen on the internet. Um I normally don't stumble across wholesome stories, so I was like, oh, <laughs> that's for sure. This is interesting. Why am I getting this? Um, her reaction is absolutely priceless. Uh, she is moved to tears. The story looks cute. The book looks adorable. Um, hopefully, it's going to be eventually for sale, maybe via Kickstarter or Amazon. And it just, just so cute. Um, I'm just glad that this happened while this, this woman was still you know, with us. Like This is just so she could reap the benefits and see it come to life. It's just, uh, two thumbs up. Matt. This is wonderful and fantastic. And one of those big hearted stories that every once in a while we do need in this world. So huge thumbs up. And I do hope that eventually this is available. Lydia. This is adorable. I'm, I, this makes my heart happy. We need more things like this in the world unless, you know, crap that you send us off from tiktok <laughs> <laughs> i am here to entertain <laughs> but yeah that gigantic thumbs up yeah this this is such an adorable story i i've got nothing else to add thumbs up uh matt let's go to thundercats um so thundercats is being rebooted again um, again um, Dynamite Comics, Dynamite Entertainment, sorry, um, is going to be releasing issue number one, um, February 7th, so very soon. Um, the initial pre-order cutoff was over 100,000 copies already, estimated at over 150,000 copies. Um, there is one variant cover which will be drawn by Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld. Um, it's it's basically just a, a reboot. Um, the first six pages of this were released, and I did read it because I did grow up watching Thundercats. Um, and it's it's pretty much your basic Thundercat story. They like Transformers escaping their world end up on Earth. Um, Lionel was not ready to be the leader, but has to fall into that role anyways. Um, 
it's written by Declan Shelby and drawn by Drew Moss. Um, like I said, comes out February 7th. I am here for this. I think this is awesome. Um, I might actually try and pick up issue number one if they're available. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. I mean, it's a comic, so I'm kind of indifferent. So thumbs side, please. Um, yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Thundercats was... It was one of my brother's shows. However, um, it was one of those where I also liked to watch it. Um, so, I mean, like, so that and like Voltron, you know, those were those were definitely his shows. But I'm like, but I'm the younger brother, so I'm going to go ahead and watch this, too. Um, so that said, like, yeah, I, I am definitely here for this. Um, I love this. Also, I've read some of Declan's other comics. Um, really like his writing, so I'm excited for that too. So, thumbs up if I didn't say that already. Tabitha, I don't know how I feel about a Thundercats comic. I like the shows, but like an actual like sit down and like I feel like you're gonna lose like the fun of Thundercats, which was like the excitement and the voice animation. Thundercats, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like you're gonna lose some of that like nostalgia that I have for Thundercats in paper format, like. The voices are going to be in my head instead of happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can read that, but it's not the same. So, thumb sideways. I'm just going to read that in that voice anyways. <laughs> He'll actually read it, like, out loud. I'll say you're just going to hear that from across the room. <laughs> he can't live with me anymore. <laughs> so, last week, we talked about IEW retaining the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that the current comic would end with issue 150. Uh, since then, it was announced that Jason Aaron will take over as writer with a new number one in July. Uh, before then, we'll get a 10-page preview in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Alpha Number 1, uh, a one-shot that will release in June. Um, the rest of the creative team has not been announced. It's expected that they're going to be announced soon. Um, and this is also being described as a relaunch, not a reboot. Uh, which indicates that it will continue the canon set in the current run of the comic. Um, still giving this a thumbs up uh, with it being a relaunch. Uh, s slightly worried, because uh, I, I do, with this new run, fully intend on uh, jumping in. So I worry that maybe there will be some things that I don't know about or will be lost on or whatever, but... With it being a new number one, um, hopefully they realize, hey, this is going to be a good jumping on point, so explain what you need to explain. Also, um, Jason Aaron's writing is phenomenal. I'm here for that as well. So, yes, thumbs up. Tabitha. You're happy, I'm happy. Thumbs up. Matt. Um, I, I'm thrilled about this. Um, I feel like I am reaching the point where there will be um, single issues that I'm going to have to go back and start buying on a regular basis. Um, this is going to be one of them. Um, I have very few signed comics. His in Thor was fantastic. Um, to have him writing Teenage Mutant, Tur Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Um, and wanting to like start back in on that comic at some point. I feel like this is going to be a great place. I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. 
What Tabitha said, you guys are happy, I'm happy. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt, uh, we're going to stick with comics a little bit longer and talk about Cullen Bunn. So we, as a group, read Rogue Planet by Cullen Bunn. He's done some horror comics. He's done God knows everything as far as comics goes. He's jumping back into horror comics. This time, he's going to do a... It's a graphic novel um, from Dark and Twisted, which is actually run by Storm King Comics, which is an imprint from Sandy King and her husband, John Carpenter, the legendary John Carpenter. Um, It's called The Long Haul. The general idea behind this is that... um, there are thousands of people that disappear across the internet interstate system in the country every year. Um, and this will delve into the dark and gritty of the possibilities of what happens to some of those people. So um, rogue planet, one of my favorite horror comics that I've read Colin Bunn trying to take on this story. I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Lydia. I mean, I approve of his name. <laughs> um, no, this, this sounds cool. Um, so I, I have, you know, a really hard time keeping up and reading stuff, especially even stuff that we get sent. But hey, it sounds cool, so I'd read it. This is coming out as a graphic novel, not as individual issues, though. Which would definitely help. So that is a definite <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Um I think that I would give it a thumb sideways if it was, um, if you didn't mention the writer or if it was any writer other than Cullen Bunn, uh, just because it is so hard to hook me when it comes to horror comics. However, with reading some of the stuff from Cullen Bunn that we have in the past, uh, 100% like this would definitely be something that I would check out. Tabitha. I'm interested in the topic. I don't know enough about the writers to make an any kind of educated guess on if I would enjoy that, but the topic has intrigued me. So thumb sideways. Um, Matt, we're going to stick with you and talk about Highlander. Um, so we all know how much everybody in this room loves uh, John Wick. Boo! <laughs> I'm going to try and mention it at least once a month from here on out. Anyway, um, the John Wick director, Chad Stahelski, um, has been rumored to be taking on a reboot of Highlander for quite a while, including have, having Henry Cavill attached as the lead. I know, but Witcher. Okay. Um, it turns out that not only is this going to be high on his list of projects like basically next after he finishes the upcoming John Wick movie. Um, But he will then be... (laughs) He will be overseeing with Lionsgate um, all of the John Wick and Highlander properties that they decide to produce, at least for a while. Um, So I don't know. I know everybody is not a fan of John Wick, but I think what he's done with that film series and putting him in charge of Highlander and then the expansion of those things. I think for those properties, it's going to be a good thing. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. Well, I'm one of the people in the room that doesn't hate John Wick. So I'm, 
I'm intrigued. I'm curious to see what he can do with a remake like this. And having Henry Cavill attached would not bother me either. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Um, So I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a thumb sideways because I I, I would have to see in like more to know if it's going to be good or not. Yeah, um, I'm also going to give it a thumb sideways. Um, I too am interested to see how Henry Cavill uh, plays this role. Um, Okay, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That said, I can't give anything that mentions John Wick a full thumbs up, so thumb sideways. Tabitha. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Mitch. Um, the <sighs> Henry Cavill did do a wonderful job with Witcher. I just, I honestly, in my bones, don't know if we need a Highlander reboot in 2024. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's necessary. Um, if anybody can pull off Highlander, it's probably going to be Henry Cavill. But again, I don't know that we need this. And also, you said John Wick too many times, so thumb sideways. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but RuPaul's Drag Race alum, Princess Poppy, uh, last year announced her retirement from drag, uh, showed up to the Emmys in an outfit that left other people green with envy. (laughs) Uh, So Princess Poppy came dressed as a green troll, complete with a green dress um, and impressive, I I guess you can call it a mask. Um, Talking to Entertainment Weekly. Poppy said, quote, I wanted to do the exact opposite of what is expected of you when you go to an event like this. I wanted to take decorum and turn it on its head. Mainly, I wanted to be a troll slash hag. I wanted to be so shocking uh, that you just have to turn and look at me in the worst way possible. Um, Huge thumbs up on this. Like I said before, uh, last week when we were talking about the uh, game over, sis. I'm not a, a huge fan of drag, but this costume was phenomenal. Like this, this mask that Princess Poppy like has, like this is like television movie quality. Like it is so well done. I am so here for this. This is amazing. Thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, I had already seen this, and this is just unbelievable. Also, I love when people show up to these things like and try to do things that are just out of the ordinary so they're not getting the same questions on the red carpet the i just i i love the topsy-turviness of this giant thumbs up matt so i had not seen the picture until just now it's impressive you're right that the face makeup is incredible movie quality where's the bridge um (laughs) like this is fantastic. And I agree with Tabitha. Like, people that do this with a reason, with a point, not just to make it, like, to be a, a, to be a show. Like, I love that. This is great. Thumbs up. Lydia. Well, first off, I would just like to appreciate the irony of Princess Poppy dressing like a troll. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is amazing i i love this the makeup is a phenomenal and also i kind of really want her handbag <laughs> just saying i want the dress oh that's amazing <laughs> so, yeah. i didn't even notice the handbag like i was i was fixated on the face 
Yeah, ab- absolute thumbs up. This is wonderful. Uh, Tabitha, um, does heartbreak feel good in a place like this? <laughs> is this like the opposite of Olive Garden? <laughs> <laughs> when you're here, you're dead to us. <laughs> That's the motto from my house. Um, <laughs> so that iconic sparkly black suit that Nicole Kidman wears in Mitch's favorite ad for AMC <laughs> is being auctioned off for anywhere from 5000 to $10,000. Um, <laughs> there have been a thousand parodies of this. We have a backpack. Like This has become like a cultural phenomenon kind of on accident and now it just won't go away and I feel like AMC is trolling us at this point. They're like, we're going to play this shit until you're 95 years old. You're going to be in every movie theater for the rest of your existence looking at Nicole Kidman in this suit. Um, So the suit is being auctioned off um, in a celebration of American craftsmanship and culture filled with auctions, events, and experiences. There's a bunch of other, um, like, art and furniture and fashion and things on sale. Um, And it's being put on by Sotheby's in New York. Um, If you are interested, you can go to the uh, public exhibition anywhere from January 12th to the 19th. And then the auction is going to run the 19th, which is, what, tomorrow? Uh, To the 29th. So hopefully we will have an update as to how much this sells for in the long run. Good on you. I guess maybe this means we're not going to get an update with her wearing the same suit. Thumbs up. Matt. Well, hopefully now that they've gotten rid of the suit, they'll have to make a new commercial. Truth. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like AMC is just trolling everybody with this now like it has it's turned into a cultural phenomenon that we didn't need and didn't want but it's here to stay um i i guess thumb sideways just because i can't believe this stupid thing is still getting attention didn't need and didn't want to speak for yourself lydia (laughs) (laughs) It's always kind of weird to me that things like this go up for auction and people actually like want to buy them. I'm also just I'm I'm with Matt like I'm over this intro to a movie like I I I came to see the movie I've already seen this I could probably quote it word for word by now as many times as Do I've it. seen it no right now no <laughs> <laughs> um I'm also just really. Uh, preemptively saddened by how expensive like this thing's going to be because I know it's going to go money so I'm going to give it a thumb sideways just because I'm mad how much money it's going to get at auction yeah um, thumbs up even though you're exactly right Lydia this is probably going to make more than all of us in the room make in a year combined yes Yeah. but still I'm here for this Um, I I have been in a love-hate relationship with this commercial, <laughs> and I am now fully invested in love with it. Um, yeah, I take my cap off as if it's the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> so this next story could not have happened to a nicer guy. Um, the Florida Escambia County School District recently pulled down 
more than 1,000 books, including uh, Killing Reagan, The Violent Assault That Changed a Presidency, and Killing Jesus, A History, both by Bill O'Reilly. Uh, ECPS spokesperson Cody Strother uh, said that the books, quote, have not been banned or removed from the school district. Rather, they have simply been pulled for further review to ensure compliance with the new legislation. Uh, the legislation is HB uh, 1069, and it's intended to restrict books in Florida schools that are, quote, alleged to contain pornography or obscene depictions of sexual conduct. Um, O'Reilly, plot twist, is not a fan of this. He calls this preposterous. <laughs> a papa, pr- preposterous. <laughs> I still didn't pronounce it right. It's fine. He said, uh, quote, when DeSantis signed the book law, I supported the theme because there was abuse going on in Florida. There were far left progressive people trying to impose an agenda on children, but the wording of the law was uh, far too nebulous in Tallahassee. He went on to say that uh, these are materials that are inappropriate and those materials have to be specifically included in the law with language that is very specific. You can't be throwing John Grisham under the bus. It's absurd. Um, for reference. <laughs> Wait, did he just compare himself to John Grisham? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, just checking. For reference, um, other books that have been pulled for further review um, include, like, randomly, I I don't know about randomly, but, like, oddly, like, other dictionaries and encyclopedias, uh, but also uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X and The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. As much as I want to give this a full thumbs up because this um, is unfortunate for Bill O'Reilly, um... (laughs) <laughs> Auto parts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to give this a thumb sideways because of the overall um, repercussions. Borderline censorship of books. Um, I don't know how much killing Reagan and killing Jesus have to do in a school library. I am at least assuming that this is for a high school library, which there's more of a gray area. Um, I, I, I'm not completely, I mean, to be fair, I have not read either of those. Are there, is there pornography in there? I don't know. Maybe, um, but, <laughs> um, Kennedy got around. I'm just saying facts. Um, so did Jesus. <laughs> Um, he walked. <laughs> but kind of to your point, Matt. Like, granted, I didn't, I didn't look at the list of the you know thousand plus books that were on this list. I don't know if a John Grisham book is on the list. I don't know if that's what he's referencing. Um, but I am sure that his uh, his writing is not on the level of John Grisham. And I'm not a John Grisham fan by any stretch of the imagination. <sighs> that said. Um, even though I am giving this a thumb sideways, this makes my heart so, so happy. Tabitha. When you write a book ban, and you put a book ban into place, and you wrote it, and you put in there what you wanted to ban, we are in a giant circle of F-A-F-O, fuck around, find out. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
you didn't go line by line in that law and be like, this actually excludes X, Y, Z, element OP. You didn't do that. You said what you said, and this is the consequences of your own damn actions. So, sorry, Bill O'Reilly. Get bit. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I... I see I see both points. Um but I think I have to agree with Tabitha that like yeah, if when you write this into law, you open up this can of worms. So whether it's left or right, either side of the aisle, these are going to be both sides are going to be included and you have to understand that at the at at the outset, so I mean, as far as that goes, I don't know. Thumbs up, you reap what you sow. Lydia, I don't have anything to add. Thumbs up. <laughs> I like how I took the crass fuck around, find out, and Matt's like, "You reap what you sow," <laughs> <laughs> which pretty much explains the two of you to a T. Yeah, basically. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Shucked, a musical about the people of Cobb County, Georgia, recently. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Do you not know about Shucked? No. (laughs) Do you not know about Shucked? I don't, and I do musical theater. (laughs) Okay, so I know about Shucked. I'm not really a big fan of musicals. It's very exciting, and here's Mitch for more. <laughs> so let me give you my notes, and then I'll go slightly more in depth. So, Cobb County, Georgia. Right? This shit writes itself. And then we're doing a, an old-fashioned lock-in. We're listening to the, the, the musical, the whole soundtrack, before you guys can leave. Sorry, there's a snowstorm. <laughs> so, like I said, before I broke Tabitha's brain... Uh, Shucked, a musical about the people of Cobb County, Georgia, (laughs) recently ended its Broadway run. Um, If you didn't get a chance to see it, you're in luck because a movie adaptation is in the works. Um, It was announced during the curtain call of the final performance. Uh, Book writer Robert Horn is writing the screenplay. Uh, Composers Randy Clark, yes, that Randy Clark, and uh, Shane McAnally, that Shane McAnally, yes. What alternate reality am I living in right now? <laughs> um, as well as director Jack O'Brien, our executive producing. But in case you can't wait that long, um, a North American tour of the musical launches this fall. Giant thumbs up. So I am shocked that you guys don't know about this. <laughs> I am shocked. I can't that- <laughs> You didn't take that opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) So this, basically this tells a story. Um, So Cobb County, they grow corn, obviously. (laughs) Um, But like they, their corn stops growing. And so it takes this, uh, this woman named Maisie to. (laughs) No. No. Um, Maisie. Yes. Uh, to go out into the world and and find a way to fix this. Um, th- this musical is so amazing. Um, before, 
uh, before I ever listened to it, like this was they had a hardcore social media campaign. Like it followed me. Or it, it didn't follow me, but like I was seeing sponsored ads on Instagram, Facebook, everything. Um, and so like I was I was intrigued by it. But uh, but yeah, so like once the soundtrack was finally released, I listened to it and fell in love with it. Um, I I'm going to show you guys. You I'm not I'm not going to follow not Seth's advice. I'm not going to make you listen to the entire soundtrack. But we're going to watch a video. Um, yeah, this movie or this musical is so fun. I am definitely going to see it when it is on tour and I am so excited for this movie, especially with the book writer also writing the screenplay and with the composers having a big part of the movie. I'm just, I'm here for this giant corn up Tabitha. Never say that again. Um, I don't know much like I don't watch the Beverly Hillbillies cause it triggers me from my childhood. <laughs> I also didn't watch Breaking Bad because it triggered me from my childhood. Um, I feel like this might end up on the list of things that I cannot watch because it triggers me from my childhood. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Matt, however, I'm going to give this a... Are we still doing thumbs? I don't even know what's going on anymore. Something about corn. Um So I'm going to go thumb sideways. Uh, I am triggered by this in a whole different way than Matt is, though, so... Now Matt. Matt. Um, so if I've learned anything about myself for the last few years is that I'm all ears when it comes to... Um, <laughs> to <laughs> he tried. I, I did. I'm all... When it comes to uh, musical soundtracks. Um, but at the same time, I... No, 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 no. We, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for this. Get shocked. Thumbs down. <laughs> oh. Um, Matt, re- remember that time I asked you to be in my wedding? <laughs> you taking that back? <laughs> Do I get to take his place? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let Let's see how you answer this. Uh... <laughs> Guys. The first song of this musical is called Corn. And there's a song called Corn Mix. Now all I can think about is that stupid YouTube video. It's got the juice. <laughs> yes. I didn't know this existed. And I'm kind of surprised this is set in Georgia because this feels like the most Midwestern thing ever as we literally live in a bunch of cornfields. It's giving Iowa, right? right? Not Georgia. Like- <laughs> I'm pulling this up on Pandora on the way home. I don't even care. Thumbs up. Um, Matt, let's drive a Sony car. Let's not, because it's not a good idea. It's not a good plan. Um, During the Sony CES 2024 um, press conference, um, you know what came out on stage? A car. Driven... Driven, <laughs> driven by a PS5 controller. No. Yep. What? Did that submarine teach us? I mean, I can... <laughs> <laughs> so that you can't break it. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't believe the comments that followed this article in that regard. Um, 
this also has very much uh, Jurassic Park vibes because it's like um, they thought they could, but they didn't think whether they should. Um, yes. Um, Sony and Honda worked together to create this car called Afila. A-F-E-E-L-A. Don't like that. Yep. Don't know what that stands for. I'm not a feeling that. Um, <laughs> this is, this is just ridiculous. Like the car has all the tech that you could possibly not need. Um, it is a prototype. There's no indication where this is really going to go into production. Um, but there is a small note that, um, Sony and Honda are in collaboration, collaboration with Microsoft to license their AI as a uh, conversational personal assistant for said vehicle. Thumbs down. We just, no, just thumbs down. Lydia. I hate electric cars with a passion, guys. And I, I feel I have a reason to say that since I, you know, have to deal with them at work now. And I'm with Tabitha. Did we not learn anything from the submarine? You don't drive a car, a real car, with a controller. Also, this thing is ugly. I forgot to mention the augmented reality that's included as part of the heads-up display. Of course it is. This is just a series of nopes. Thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tabitha, you, you hit the nail on the, uh, the, the, the Titan. Is that was it, what it was called? Yeah. Thumbs down, tap. So there are certain companies in the world that I don't trust to build things. You just put two of the companies I don't trust to build things into one thing. <laughs> and they're putting that thing out on the road. And they're putting people in it. <laughs> no, thumbs down. <laughs> so this submission comes from a friend of the show and quite possibly our biggest fan, Rob. <laughs> Uh, so, Magical Elves, the production company behind Top Chef, Brain Games, and Nailed It, um, is creating another rat race. A grown-up game show based on the Chuck E. Cheese arcade experience is in the works. Contestants will be paired off and compete in supersized arcade games, including pinball, air hockey, skee-ball, and a human claw. The team with the most tickets will be able to exchange them for an upgraded Chuck E. Cheese prize wall. Um, <laughs> this is slightly scary because I know that uh, Chucky is going through some financial difficulties right now. Um, so I do fear that this is kind of a last ditch effort to save the company. Um, however, I am a thousand percent in for this giving this a giant thumbs up um yeah like if i see that they're doing auditions for contestants or whatever definitely doing it um yeah i mean yeah especially as someone who like spent like over six years of their lives in that building like i don't know like this just 
this sounds so cool. Um, kind of hope that they also like serve Chuck E. Cheese pizza on set. Tabitha. Are the hosts going to be the animatronic? God, rats? I hope so. <laughs> That's my only fear because this sounds like Double Dare, which brings me joy and happiness mixed with Chuck E. Cheese. But I don't want to have to watch animatronic rats host a show. Well, I don't know if it would be the animatronics, but it would probably be somebody dressed up as Chucky. I think that's worse. But wait, what if this is what they did with the animatronics? How they took them out of all the places? Ooh. They're like, let's put them all in the show. Those are the, those are the giant human foosballs. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs sideways. Matt. Um, I'm also going thumbs sideways. This could be a good time or a disaster. Um, I think might be the only saving grace is the fact that some of the people behind this did nailed it, which I would watch that show all day long. Lydia, I just have a question. It, it is the clocking up the humans, or is the claw made of humans? <laughs> I don't oh. know. Maybe they're strapped to a uh-huh. a device, and they have to yep. pick stuff up. That oh. makes sense. I'm here for that. Did we, if that's not part of the game show, I guess we created our own. We did. I'm not sure where we're going to get a crane, but we'll figure mm, Conveniently, there's one right outside Mitch and I's office. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I don't think you're licensed to operate that. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> licensed schmeichens. <laughs> Just details. It's fine. Um, I'm going to go with them sideways, because, I, I mean, depending on certain you know details this could be fun <laughs> this also could turn into a five nights at freddy's situation really quickly and i'm scared so we've got one last story for tonight and tabitha has retaken um her her <coughs> glory or whatever um tabitha does everything truly run on duncan apparently also if i ever want the last story i'm just gonna have to google florida <laughs> going forward that's fair um so a customer of dunkin donuts in orlando has filed a negligence lawsuit because he is claiming that he was injured by an exploding toilet inside of dunkin donuts in winter park florida about a year ago um he is seeking more than a hundred thousand dollars claiming that he has suffered severe and long-term injuries um Hold on to your dinners, but uh, the explosion left him covered in things that would be inside a toilet, um, (laughs) including feces, urine, and uh, other assorted debris, whichever. I don't know what that is. Sprinkles. Um, After the toilet exploded, he emerged from the men's room uh, seeking help. Um, And evidently, the manager told him, oh, yeah, we were aware of that problem. Oh, my God. Um, I'm not sure how the toilet exploded. Um, I don't know. Um, He does say that he has required mental health care and counseling since this incident back in January. Same. Same. I get it. If a toilet and a Dunkin' Donuts exploded on me, I would also need so much therapy. I would need more therapy from having to emerge from the bathroom into the public covered in poo and exploded innards of toilets. Ew. 
why'd you have to say innards? <laughs> I don't know, but like we all know what Duncan does to everyone's insides. It cannot be nice in there. So did the like commode itself explode? Yeah, is it like porcelain everywhere? Yeah, so like so, did this dude like also have injuries? <laughs> shrapnel. From what I gather is it's a shrapnel. it was like <laughs> It was like air building up in the plumbing line. So it was like backed up and then he flushed it and then it went out. <laughs> like toilet vomit, like projectile toilet vomiting. This is just progressively getting worse. I don't know how else to explain it. I'm so sorry. Um, I just... I feel okay. <laughs> so, if I were in this person's shoes, <laughs> you'd be standing in the toilet water. Yes. Like I would still like okay. I don't know how covered this person was, but in I'm imagining it, it was pretty bad. Um, but that said, like I, if I were in that person's shoes. Like, once I noticed that stuff, like, starting flying out, like, I'd be the fuck out of there. No washing my hands this time. I mean, I mean, maybe he was standing in front of it doing doing a number one. <laughs> and and it exploded while he was number one-ing. But I thought you said he flushed it. I, yeah, but I don't know how you people go to the you bathroom. You don't flush mid-pee. You people. <laughs> you people. Maybe he flushed and then was trying to like, like, button up his pants. Yeah, he flushed and then it took it a second and then it exploded while he was putting things away. No, if 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 I have an exploding toilet in front of me, I'm not going to take the yeah, I'm not going to take the time to zip up. I'm running out of that bathroom and if people see Lil Mitch, they see Lil Mitch. Too bad. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> so are the people in those Dunkin' Donuts. It's all little Mitch. Yeah. Except for that one person who was kind of giving me weird eyes, but you know, whatever. I can't ever go back to Dunkin' Donuts and go to the bathroom. I don't think I've ever used the bathroom in a Dunkin' Donuts. So that's my question number one. How long were you there that you had to use the bathroom at Dunkin' Donuts? When you, like, when you gotta go, you gotta go. I have never spent enough time into Dunkin' Donuts. That required use of their bathroom. Maybe it was the period. closest bathroom. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay, there was there was a period of time when I was being a good friend. Yeah, I know, right? That <laughs> just doesn't sound real. <laughs> but, um, I so I gave a friend of mine a ride to like she had like a personal training session or, or something like that and so to kill time i would go there's a nearby duncan and so i would go i would have an iced coffee i would probably have a donut you know whatever and i would be there for about an hour so it would not be uncommon for me to go to the bathroom at that point so i am very experienced with duncan bathrooms mm. nope there has got to be a universe in which we live that you never said that to me. <laughs> the whole show. 
But this is definitely a gut reaction. Oh. oh. All right. On that note, <laughs> you guys have been in my house for a while, and I am going to suggest or subject you to some shucked before you're allowed to leave. So, everybody, say bye. 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 If you don't hear from us, <laughs> send help. That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>